Hello, legends. Today, I catch up with owner and co-CEO of Lifestyle Tradie, a business education hub and community for tradie business owners with members across Australia and New Zealand. Angela and her husband, Andy, are also hosts of the Tradie Show podcast. And prior to Tradie Lifestyle, owned and operated and successfully sold their plumbing business, Dr. Drip after 21 years of operation. In this episode, we discuss the difference between being a service or product specialist and being a business person, how to be a successful husband, wife, business partner, duo, and the importance of community as a business owner. Enjoy the show. Well, it is very nice to meet you and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Daniel. It's great to be here. No, it was always good. What was your podcast called? Because it's always nice to have someone on the show that has their own podcast because I know you're going to be a great talker. Thanks so much. Yes, the podcast is called The Tradie Show. So my husband and I, uh, our um, the people we help, of course, are trade business owners. So plumbers, electricians, builders, those guys. Uh, we've been doing that for the last couple of years and it's great. Amazing. And so what's the business? So the business is called Lifestyle Tradie. Correct. And and so what does it do? We help trade business owners uh, make more profit and basically get their time back. So they don't understand how to get their business model right. So as you can imagine, they've all gone to TAFE um, and unfortunately TAFE in all honesty has failed them. When I think about Andy, my husband, when he went to TAFE and he did that for four years and he wanted to become uh, his own business owner. So you can imagine 99.9% of any person, male or female, that went to TAFE in trade said, I want to own my own business. That's the Australian dream. Yet TAFE doesn't teach them any business principles. It teaches them rules and regulations and how to throw a hammer, as an example. Yet they come out and do an apprenticeship. They learn from their previous boss, who also TAFE have failed them. And then they decide to start a business. And that's really challenging because now not only are they on the tools where they excel, but now they're trying to deal with people and understand finance and learn marketing and understand the flow of a job and, and be a people person. And it just gets really overwhelming. That's interesting. I mean, that, that, that is a big problem that, that I guess you guys identified. And so your business is like an education, uh, I guess a business education style business for for trades, correct business owners, and Andy, that's your husband. Yes. And so, how did you guys get into that space? Why? Why did you feel the sudden urge to to help trade businesses? It's come from our own experience. So Andy and I had a plumbing business here in Sydney called Doctor Drip, and we owned and operated that business for twenty one years. So we started that in ninety nine, and we you know, I watched Andy grow this incredible business and he was a really good people person and very good on the tools and the business just excelled. We ended up with a team of 17, um, but then, and the business was making really good money, team was, the culture was amazing. And what felt like overnight, we went from this exceptional business to something that was losing money all the time. We had 188 grand outstanding and for a maintenance business, that's a lot of money. Uh, and we were struggling to get that money back. And um, he was never around. We just had our first child through IVF and the whole dream was to be around and see her grow up. And but he was leaving before she woke up and was coming home after he, you know, she'd gone to bed. Um, so it was through our own experience of 
having this incredible business and then all of a sudden seeing the whole thing fall apart and Andy just, his solution was to just work harder, longer hours, be more present with the team, like just get in the trenches with the boys uh, when we realised that things just weren't getting better and when I confronted him about it and said, this has got to stop, like I don't, I don't know what's going on but you don't seem happy and, you know, things aren't going well and you need to start telling me what's happening because clearly I wasn't necessarily around all that much. I was looking after our daughter. And then the truth started coming out. He started saying, I've been taking money from the home loan to pay for wages. Um, I've been talking to the accountant and even he's concerned as to why the business isn't doing so well and we just couldn't put two and two together. Um, so you can imagine that was a very interesting conversation. It would be a very hard time as a, as a, as a, couple, as a couple with a child and, and I mean people don't realise the stress business – being a business owner is in general, even when it's going well, it's stressful. It's fun, but but it's still stressful. I mean, when it's not going well, it's like why are you you know it's, it's it's very easy to fall into the um, thought process of why am I even doing this? Like it's stressful and it's not going well. So I have none of the positive side, but I've got all the negative sides. Like the reality is, most business owners have gone through that part. And can I ask, what do you think went wrong in the business? Um, so it was doing well. It, I mean, it grew with staff, had great culture. It was making money. What, what do you think happened that caused um, the business to to uh, go in the other direction? It's a great question, Daniel, because we even, you know, after we ended up fixing it, to reflect back, we couldn't actually put our finger necessarily on one single aspect it was just a culmination of a couple of things and Andy's perhaps lack of understanding and knowledge of business. So although I was involved in the business, I clearly had to take a step back because of having Hannah um, and, and everything sat on his shoulders. So every day he had to make decisions about the business and he would pretty much just wing that decision. And so the fact that the business got to the point that it was clearly meant he had been lucky perhaps with the decision-making that he had, you know, managed to gain at that point and then perhaps he well, started making the wrong decisions. Yeah, well, I'm not sure. I, I know. So it's just a really interesting point because, because it, it, there's a big difference between being, um, and I don't know if this is the case in Andy, but, but it could be. There's a big difference in being, like a product or service specialist, um, and being a business person, and and sometimes you know when a business is smaller, you can get away managing it, being the uh, you know uh, being the uh, plumber or, or whatever you could be the engineer or whatever it may be, but when a business hits a certain point, it requires um, a much more intensive focus on the business. Which is really the people and and and, and the, strate the strategy and the finance and and dealing with all the bullshit like the you know the lawyers and the accountants and the things and the, make sure people pay you on time and make sure you pay on time. It's just all the boring shit. But but it could even be that, and, and I'm sure that that's whether or not that was what happened to Andy, where the business actually got to a size where um, his training in business from from TAFE, which the, the lack of training from TAFE actually then led him down to the point where it's like, well, okay, now 
now we're in a, now we can't manage this business. It's, it's kind of got too big. I reckon that would be such a hugely popular um, situation that a lot of trades uh, and trade business owners would go through because, yeah, I, like you're saying, a, trade, a lot of people get in a trade, they want to own their own business. And it's a great way to do it. It's a great industry to do it and Absolutely. you can make your money. But but uh, I, I think you guys have nailed the 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 problem, like uh, identified a big problem. This trades business owners need to have a better education on actually being a business person Correct. and not just a trade specialist. Yeah, I I definitely would say at that time one of the key issues was we were doing a lot of um, work for strata companies. So we call this our market segments. Um, you know, in trade that's like maintenance or residential work or strata real estate builders, commercial work, industrial, that kind of stuff. And we were probably about 95% strata work. Uh, and although it was huge volume of work, hence the reason why our team was quite big. And at the time we knew this is the reason why we had money outstanding too. So it causes a cash flow issue because they don't pay you immediately. They pay you after the fact. And we did have some insider knowledge that one of our key contacts was about to sell his business and we knew the things were about to change. So that was definitely one of the triggers that made Andy go, oh my gosh, this like this is about to get out of hand because what happens if we lose that client? How much money does that actually mean to us? So we started asking the right questions but it does – it's a very common thing for trade whereby they – it's very um, life and business by default, not by design. They, the, the industry almost dictates what style of work they end up doing in a sense because they become this people person, they make contacts and it ends up, say for instance, they're doing a lot of strata work, that strata manager invite like introduces them to another strata manager or to another company because that strata manager or the property manager moves and takes you with them. And then it takes over your business it's it's okay as long as you balance how many clients you have, like the, the actual companies that you have. And we have a rule that it's got to be three to one. You've got to have three different market segments, not just strata. You must have residential or, you know, like builders or whatever. Like you need to – they need you to diversify. Absolutely. And they definitely get – it gets very dangerous when they end up with too many eggs in one basket – and they go, everything's okay. I have a great relationship with that person, no problem. I know exactly what's coming up for the future. They've been guaranteed our work. It's like, yeah, but do you have a signed contract? Because at the end of the day, especially when pressures are on now with raising, you know, prices and materials are going up and, you know, petrol's even more expensive, even that builder, for instance, is going to go, whoever is going to give me a cheaper price perhaps that's what's going to make me move. So they've got to be really careful about these too many eggs in one basket. Yeah. yeah it's a tricky situation. And even just having like what happened to you guys yet or having one client that's too valuable is even a problem because, you know, if they leave, then you just, you're, you become a business owner to rely on yourself. If you then just go get one client that's too, you rely on that one client to, for your business to survive, you now you may as well just go get a job because you rely on that person. Exactly. And and that's something that a lot of a lot of um, uh, business owners um, go through. At Cub we don't because we just have thousands of, of, of individual people that all pay the exact same amount. 
but but so I I mean I don't really have experience with it, but but in the trade space, um, that would be huge. And and so so obviously then you guys did you wrap that business up and then you started a lifestyle trading, which was no, we actually fixed Doctor Drip. So when I confronted Andy and said something's this isn't going well, we've got to do something about this. That was probably like mid-2000s, maybe 2006, 2007 kind of timing. Um, And we literally had this huge confrontation because the business was literally his baby and I was telling him, your baby sucks, like we need to do something about this baby. Um, And we started having – we we needed to actually have a plan about what to do with the business because the business truthfully was an amazing business. Something had just gone off the rails and we knew we needed to fix it, but there was nobody around us to help. So Andy turned to his old boss and said, things aren't going so great. And everyone would be like, you've got this, you're amazing. Look at the size of the business. You have this incredible factory in our time and everyone can see you when you drive down the road. Look at your vehicles out on, like externally we looked incredible. This brand awareness was amazing, but internally we were imploding. Um, and at the time there was no coaches in our industry and trade. And and although we did actually get, get a coach because I was thinking, oh my God, we just need to understand business principles. Like we need to learn and apply so within three months, I very quickly realised that we were teaching the coach our industry because he <laughs> knew absolutely nothing about our trade. And we're like, this is ridiculous. So Andy just, because I had Hannah, I couldn't really go anywhere. So we ended up just tapping into the best of the best in marketing, best of the best of people, best of the best of systems, everything that we can just consume. And then Andy would come home and say, this is what I learnt. And we'd be like, okay, how does that apply to us? How does that apply to our our business? How do we fix this? And when you're desperate and you know that you, it's either pack up the business and move to Byron Bay and start a new life, which was an option, of course, but business was amazing. We knew we we could do something about it. We had a team of 17 who were all, most of them were either married, children, mortgages, 100% were relying on us. So we're like, We've got to do this. We've, got, we've totally got to fix this. And within 13 short months, we literally turned this business on its head. Andy hadn't been on the tools for a long time anyway, but he literally got to this point that he would walk into the office and the team would be like, why are you here? And he'd be like, okay, what's going on today? What can I help you with? They're like, no, I'm good. We're all good. We don't need you. And I distinctly remember Andy coming home and he was actually a bit depressed. And I said, what's wrong with you today? And he said, for the first time I've walked into the office and I've realised nobody needs me. The tradies aren't asking me questions. The office team aren't relying on me for questions because he was so involved in everything once upon a time. And I said, I don't understand why you're not really happy about that question because that was your ultimate goal was how do I get myself into a position that I could choose? I could either be on the tool with the boys if I wanted, I could manage from above if I wanted, I could passively earn money from this business if I wanted, we could sell if we wanted. I said, and you've you've got it, it's on a silver platter. So why are you sad? He's like, I don't know. Like, and that's when, that was that moment that we said, why doesn't every other trade business owner know what we know? Why do they all do trial and error, expensive trial and error? And it's almost like they wear it like a badge of honour. 
I'm going to do this. I'm going to do, I can do this better than my old boss. I'm amazing at this. I can, I can be better. Yet it's so slow and so expensive. So Annie and I just said, this is crazy. We can teach every trade business owner how to be better, how to perfect the business model. They just need to follow us. They, we can fast track their results. We can guarantee them profit. We can guarantee to get their time back. We can guarantee control. We can guarantee that they can make some very wise decisions based on data coming out of their business. They need to understand finance. And we can totally change this entire industry Trade business is the backbone of the Australian economy. Short story. Yet most of them, most of them are suffering, even more so now. And it's got to stop. Yeah, now's a very hard time. And it's interesting. So you went out kind of looking for mentors. You identify there's a problem with the business. So you kind of jumped in and I guess put you guys through intensive self-education on on all aspects of business. And that's what you then eventually turned into the, the principles for the lifestyle tradie. Um, but it, it's interesting when like looking for a mentor, a, a lot of people go to coaches and, and I definitely think there's room for coaches. Um, and, and I've met a few really good, great people, but I just think it depends on what you're doing. It depends on the coach. For example, if that coach had nothing to do with trades, what are they going to teach you? Exactly. Whenever, whenever I look for like, well, even at Cub, when I ask people for advice, I'll ask people that have done far better than me at that particular thing or have done it in general and I've never done it for advice. And so like, I mean, I'm, I always use myself as the example. I have a disadvantage in terms of, well, there's no really other cubs that I can, someone who owns a bigger version of cub that I can go to and be like, hey, how do, you know, what do I do? But, I, but, but there are people that, for example, are masters of scaling and they've scaled businesses globally. And, you know, I can speak to them and say, okay, what about saying? My point is with with a tradie, like the the best thing someone could do is find, or in your case, like find a a, a really big successful plumbing business and be like, hey, we want to be just like you, you know? C- can you can you help me look at my business? That's look, right. Look, and, and that's 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 I guess that's that's kind of what you're now providing. It's completely the point. Mm. It's a uh, we've we've suffered and lived the life that every trade business owner has lived. We owned and operated that business for 21 years. So when we started Lifestyle Trading in 2009, so 14 years ago, we were still owned, we still owned and operated Dr. Drip side by side. And we actually only sold the business last year. So it was really, it was a really good positioning for us to say, we we feel the same pain you feel. So every day when you're telling us that you're struggling to find new team members or you're having issues, cultural issues inside the business or someone's pushing back or whatever the subject matter is, we're like, yeah, I've either been there and done that, I've either had that experience in the past of our 20 years in trade or I'm actually truthfully going through that right now and let's just riff some ideas about how we can actually work this out together. And this is where the beauty of a community comes in because trade business owners, they live in complete isolation, right? They start this business, they're all by themselves, they now make all these decisions alone and at the beginning, that's exciting and they just, they that by pure luck, they may end up doing okay but it's a very slow progress. And then 
the she's sometimes come into the business too, not all the time, but their partner might end up having a child and saying, hey, I, I can help you. And so he goes, yeah, that sounds great. You can start doing my books or a couple of bit of marketing or like it's such a normal story, right? all the time. And I reckon this is most businesses. This isn't just a trade or contracting business. Like I can imagine this happening with dentists and real estate. Like I can imagine this happening everywhere. And she's like, oh, yeah, I can help. But she, her, like maybe her previous career is a teacher and now she's doing the books in the business and he's a bit like, oh, I don't know finance, I don't understand it, so you do it. But she's in isolation. They work from their house at that early phase of business. We talk start-up, scale-up, sell-up. So in this start-up phase, everything's from their kitchen bench and she too is sitting there going, oh, my God, I don't even know what I'm doing. And both of them are in the exact same position. So you can imagine why the fights start and, you know, he feels like she's nagging him. Like it just, it causes just this intense situation that once upon a time they were just mates, started a relationship, now they had fun together and now the pressure's on because everything that's happening in the business is now coming back into the house and that's really dangerous. So community to ensure that trade business owners for us in lifestyle trading must get together They've got to learn from others. I mean, you talked about it before too, that you can't you can't live in isolation to assist you to grow a business. You've got to learn from others. You've got to be able to ask questions from someone who has truthfully been there or done that before. So the beauty about Lifestyle Tradie is the fact that we attract trade business owners, contractors, plumbers, electricians, all these guys that I was talking about all around Australia, New Zealand, who um, who are in different phases of their business. They're either startup or they've been in business for 5, 10, 15 years. We've got guys that have got a team of 50 and they just cannot get themselves off the tools. And so we've got to literally strip back their business and inject ourselves and put the business model back together to ensure that we can actually help solve whatever the problem is that they have. But there are so many people in the group that have had the the exact problem they're faced. So they can relate to each exactly. other. And so when you say community, lifestyle trading is not just an education business. It's also a like a community of trades business owners, they, they, they come together, they speak. And how, do they, how are they able to connect with each other and things? Yeah, great question. So we do have an online portal. So a lot of the training is online. However, in saying that we also have our own studio from our office. So we do a lot of things online, like with our webinars and, and whatnot, like Zoom calls or whatever. But three times a year, we get all the trade business owners and their partners together. So as an example, we've got an event in two weeks time up in Brisbane. We'll have about 200 trade business owners in the room. Um, maybe about 60% of them are husband and wife teams and the, the others are not. They're on all different phases of business, startup, scale-up, sell-up levels. So, you know, there are some guys there who are as green as green and we're talking about designing websites and they're like so excited to learn. And there are other guys at the other end of the spectrum who have this team of 20, 30 guys uh, and they've still got lessons to learn. It does. It never goes away, right, those lessons. We, we've got to always keep growing. Industry's changing all the time. Um, so you stick these people in a room and the isolation, that feeling of loneliness goes away and the he's have other people to talk to, both he's and she's, and the she's now have a support network too. Yeah, I like that yeah. idea, the, the concept of giving both 
both parties, um, well, I guess they're both owning the business and, and operating the business because they're doing different parts. But well, they're two sides, right? Yeah, that's right. You can't run one without the other. <laughs> yeah. it, it's a bit of a cliche to say, but imagine blokes are out on the tools, face to face with a customer, doing the actual job and collecting money, for instance. And the she is the office based where all the marketing happens, finance. Um, and she's coordinating all of the jobs. And in actual fact, one half of this business cannot function without the other. Mm-hmm. And it's a real eye-opener, especially for the blokes, to say, hang on a minute, you actually must understand finance. You've got to actually put your head in the other side of the business, otherwise you'll go nowhere. But I just think it's really it's really cool that you're also supporting uh, the people doing the finance and the marketing side of the business too because, you know, probably in other programs they, they wouldn't be involved. But that the impact, I mean, and, and I'm, I'm sure you know being in a husband-wife company or being in multiple and, and having the issues with the first one, that, that, that can really impact a marriage, I'm sure. And so Definitely. what you guys are providing, yeah, <laughs> so what you guys are providing is not just helping the business, it's helping the marriage and, and helping be a better partnership. But so, so what's your background? Uh, hospitality and marketing is where I came from. Okay. And yeah. so when you, um, so Andy had started Dr. Drip, was that before you guys had met or, or were you already together? We, we had done this huge trip. So Andy and I, Andy, when I first met him, he had his own business. It was called Andrew Smith Plumbing. It's really like original and, uh, <laughs> so creative. I know too, totally creative. So memorable. Um, and then we got to a point that, you know, we were 23, um, wanted to travel. Uh, so we decided this is the right timing to do it is just to walk away from what we were doing. Uh, I'd been in hospitality for a really long time. We both knew we were highly employable when we got back and Andy always wanted to start his business again. So we did 13 months around Australia. I had the time of our lives. It was amazing. And then uh, we ended up going to Canada and doing a ski season and was snowboarding for, you know, for a season over there. So that was incredible. So when we came back in 99 or 2000, that's when Andy started Dr. Drip. So he was like, you know what? I've literally not worked for like uh, like you know, 18 months, for instance, who is like, I'm totally fine to work seven days a week and make sure this business gets off the ground. He'd had a lot of lessons when he had Andrew Smith plumbing, like he, he learned what not to do. So he went in with a plan. We actually wrote a business plan, which was very rare for trade in general. And we smashed a five-year business plan within two. We were so focused around what we wanted to get done. Um, but again, typical story, like I had a corporate job, like I was gone. So I would come home, he would have dinner on the table and we would table talk about, he'd say, oh, these are the problems I got faced with today and I've employed this person and these are these issues and we'd just table talk these solutions. And he'd be like, yep, I'm good. I'm going to go do that thing and the business just grew. Yeah, it was amazing. So so you guys you you guys travelled when you were 22 or whatever. So you guys met when you were really young. You've been together oh, for – Oh, 20, 21, 22, yeah. We've, oh. we've been married for 20 years and been together for 25 years. So oh, wow. we know each other really well. How did you meet? <laughs> Through mutual friends. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, it was cool. And so, well, the, so you, you, I mean, you guys have really then experienced – uh, I don't want to say survived, but for lack of better words, survived. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, really the full array of stresses uh, and, and, and positives that, that, a, that a, a husband-wife business um, can do. I agree. And, and so when people sign up to uh, 
So actually now with the current business, yes. with Lifestyle Trady, do you still operate in a kind of he, she way in that you focus on one element and he focuses on, on, on the other? Or how do you, how do you guys play your roles in, in the business current? And how do you manage your, uh, you know, have, talking business and just being husband and wife and separating the two? Or, or do you do that? Like, how do you manage that? Sure. So we have a team. Uh, we have a team of 10. So there are, you know, a, We've got a business, uh, the, our office is based in Worrywood. We have a couple of our team are based in the Philippines, our graphic design and web development crew, as an example. Um, and Annie and I really play to our strengths. So his role, he's the, I guess, in a sense, the, the coach, the contact person that if people have questions, that they get in contact with him. As you can imagine, you know, over the last 14 years, as this business has even evolved, you know, even when Lifestyle Trady first began, Andy and I did everything. But now that we have a team to rely on, which is amazing, we really just hone in on our strengths. So my role is more around, uh, I mean, everyone's got to stay ahead of the industry. We've all got to stay ahead of kind of what the trends are happening, the issues that our members are facing trying to work out ways of um, how to come up with better solutions to help them and faster ways. Uh, and when we had Dr. Drip, we were often, um, our boys, our team and our office team were ex were excellent about pushing for business excellence. They understood that we had a business to run and we would apply everything we taught in Lifestyle Trading through Dr. Drip and that was great for us because, as I said, we faced the same challenges they faced. You hit COVID and all of a sudden our boys couldn't go into houses and our members are freaking out, thinking, oh, my God, what do you do? And we're like, okay, we too had to work this out. And then everything we did with our team, we just rolled out with Lifestyle Tradie. And then we would apply it to the different industries. I mean, obviously, we worked a lot with residential clients, whereas that's not you know, our membership base for Lifestyle Trading, like all the members we work with are across every, you know, they're not just residential kind of businesses. They work with big projects. They might only do five big jobs in a year. So, you know, we have to apply what we teach across multiple different businesses, if that makes sense. So now we're in a position whereby we really do need to play to our strengths. Um, Andy's that contact person. He's always been a people person. Communication in any business is absolutely critical. It's the key to everything. Um, so he's like the, I have a problem. I need to talk to you immediately. Can we just riff some solutions? And I guess he's kind of relatable as well because, you know, he was a trades business owner himself. Exactly. This is this get rid of isolation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and ask someone advice who's truthfully experienced it. Yeah. Because yeah, it, he's the mentor. Exactly. And, and if Andy and I can't answer the question, like if they throw a question to us and we're a bit like, oh, I'm actually not too – if I was faced with that, perhaps I would do X, Y, Z. We know that there is someone within our community who has faced that. And because we understand their businesses, we're like, hang on, I know Jack and blah, blah, blah business has been through that. Let me connect you and you can actually have a conversation with him. We have a closed Facebook group where their questions are just hectic. We teach them don't ever – sit around wondering what is the good solution for whatever problem. We've got the training. We've, we teach you how to actually perfect the business model, perfect one job, flow of a job, and don't be complacent. You really need to be consistent with everything you do because as you get bigger, as you scale, that just multiplies. 
now you've got hundreds of customers, thousands of customers, hundreds of invoices, quotes, like it just gets unmanageable if you don't perfect just one job. So they've, they've got to They've got to lean on each other from a community perspective so that they can all learn together so that this isolation piece is really, really dangerous. Yeah, it, it just sounds like you've created a cub for construction yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a focus more on education than relationship building. But 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 obviously you, you're very aware of the importance of the relationships and the community aspect because, I mean, it solves a lot of the prob- problems organically. You don't even have to do anything. But um, <laughs> that's Everyone what it sounds like. Everyone comes with experience though, right? I mean, you, I'm sure, would see it with your cub members anyway. They too would perhaps have conversations about, I'm challenged, I'm faced with this challenge in the business or I'm interested to scale and I'm thinking about a business model about X, Y, Z. And you too probably do the same thing. You're like, oh, in my experience, I would recommend that this could be a consideration. But hang on a minute. I know someone in this city or, you know, whatever, this industry that you could apply the same theory, um, you know, or that, that's really intelligent human nature to do that. Um, trade business owners, in all honesty, have often been a very closed shop. Like if I think back to when we first. It's very masculine yeah, style. It's pride, yeah. right? They, it's so, it's tricky to break that down. I think the industry's changed. Like in the last five years, I would definitely say, especially the blokes anyway, are a little bit more open to saying, hey, I'm keen to fast track my results. I need to understand um, how to make more profit or get this time back or whatever. Um, so they're starting to be definitely more open about the conversation, but um, but that that pride issue is really hard to get past. Yeah. And so what's what's the um, the kind of goal for the business? What's the vision? I mean, I kind of like what you said at the start, which was, uh, you know, I can't remember what you said now, fuck. But <laughs> something about we, we want to, um, kind of change the entire industry. It was something about, you know, the whole industry. It needs to, the pain of that industry needs to stop and it can be stopped and we want to change, we want to fix that pain. 100%. Um, yeah. And so do you have clients, is the community around the country or is it primarily focused in New South Wales? No, it's national. So our members are all around Australia and New Zealand. Um, we work with a lot of partners too. So as an example, when you start thinking about streamlining or automation, um, and again, this applies to any industry, you lean on technology to assist the process. So we have like job management systems like Arrowflow, ServiceMate, you know, there's quite a few of them out on the market and it just runs seamlessly behind your business. So we work with companies like that who are who are at the forefront of how to streamline and automate a business um, so that we have far greater exposure and reach to trade business owners, also through the material, like the supply companies. So collectively, we're all trying to make a change. So, you know, the, the industry has, it's just, it's just very blokey. Um, this, this pride issue is really dangerous. Them being in isolation is always such an issue. They've never been taught anything about business principles. And it, all of this stuff has got to stop if the industry wants to do well. Um, I really think that that the, the two things I love most, the, the business principles is is a definite. Mm. You know, they're taught how to um, uh, do concrete but not how to run the concrete company. Correct. And and <laughs> I think that, that that's a really big problem and I, I like that address. But the one that I really love as well is the um, – is the 
I mean, you've been, we've been referring mostly to the wives at, uh, during this episode, which is, you know, the wives often are very involved in uh, well, a lot of family-owned businesses. Uh, I, mean, I can think of tons of my best friends where that's, that's exactly the case. But in, in this case, speaking about trades businesses, which I would probably say could be even more prevalent in, really bringing that second dimension to the trades businesses, which is the the feminine, the 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 the, the, the woman's dimension, which it, it really needs because it's been kind of this hyper masculine industry where no one's kind of asking for help. It's kind of quiet, and and I, I like that you're bringing that other side to it. It's kind of like, well, wait a second, we we need to kind of make this whole. You know, we we need to we need to look at this uh, from that perspective. And in doing so, we're not just making better businesses, we're making better marriages. Yeah. <laughs> I just think that's 100%. really cool. Yeah. There's, there's a dimension whereby if I think back of my era, you know, Andy talks about, but it's an, always been done this way and, you know, it's come from an era where they kind of yell and scream at their team members thinking that that's how they're going to get cut through about getting your team to, to do what they want. Um, and that's long gone. You can't treat your team like that. Like if you want to, it's really hard to find team members, quality, oh, skilled, yeah, trades really, really hard all around the country. Everyone's having problems. And if a business has this incredible culture, which you must be empathetic, you you must understand how to communicate, you must allow them to bond, then this, I agree, this this empathy piece, which females naturally come with that, um, the blokes need to learn it. Um, because and you can just see that. You, you, I mean, you can see that at Cub with the team members. Like you, you can see it often. You just, it, it, I agree with that. It's, it's prevalent. Women often have just much better empathy. Mm. They understand people better. Um, and I, we can't blank it. It's not for everyone, whatever. No, but, of course. But just in general, like you, you can see, I, if I, if I, if you ask me who's got more empathy, your mum or your dad, <laughs> I'd say one has zero or minus fifty, and the other one has plus two thousand. Like you know, it's 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 totally. very different. And when you think about the impact that the business has on their family life, because that's where their income comes from. So you made a point before that they've kind of just bought themselves a job and that's true. Um, but it doesn't have to be that way if they learn the principles of business and apply what we teach and actually can fast track that because it has such a flow on effect inside the house. So the pressures of the business now, you know, they're sitting at the dinner table in front of the children talking work and that, and that riff is really quite dangerous and difficult um, and it's the ultimate dream of a trade business owner. The whole reason why they go into business is because they go, I want to earn money. I want to have control of a business that runs really well without me. That's what they say. They're like, I want my time back. It's like, and that's not what ends up happening. It's like, but I can teach you how to do that. You actually need to take time out. You actually need, you, you need to go away with your family and switch off. Um, that's the reason why they're, they're mainly family people, to be honest. They're like my yeah, they're very most, community people. Yeah, they're they're like, always I'm very so close to each other. Like you're saying, 100%. it's all about relationships. I knew this person with friends, yes. we're mates, we go to the pub, whatever. We yeah. have a beer together on site yeah. when we start. It's very, they're very friendly, beautiful people. And then they very don't community. go on holidays because they can't go away or they mm. do when they take their phone and they're super stressed. And you can just imagine the pressure this puts on, on, on this bubble, right? So... I, to, you said before, you probably save mar marriages. The number of times I have heard our members say, 
you've saved you've saved us from breaking up is ridiculous. Here in Australia, it's like one out of three marriages break up. I reckon in COVID, that's ended up being more like one in two. Uh, and I would say trade is probably one of the worst industries for that because she does get involved with the business. And then the other issue that we get faced in our industry, in all honesty, is suicide. So the uh, our we're like seventy percent higher in construction um, for suicide, male suicide. Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yes, stuff. than than any other industry because there's so much pressure um, to a point that we do a lot of work with Gotcha for Life Foundation um, to highlight the fact that back to this empathy point that you need to be really conscious of what's going on, not just at, in in your team with how they how they are in their life, um, what's going on in their world. But they themselves as a business owner have to be really conscious of not working themselves into the ground and therefore they need to apply the right principles in business and actually take time out for themselves. Like they totally forget about themselves. When once upon a time like surfing was their sport or whatever and we asked them, oh, so what do you do for yourself these days? Do you take the dog for a walk, go to the gym? Like what did you love to do before? Do you still do it? The answer is always, no, I don't do that anymore. It's like, but why? The, the, the lesson there is, 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 I guess, relevant to all businesses is to be the best business person, you, you need to be the best person for yourself. Like you need to be happy, healthy. You need to, um, your mind needs to be at ease and, and, you know, things like surfing and things do that. Like to be, to be strong for others, which is what you are as a business owner, you have to be strong for everybody else because you're dealing with all their problems too, not just your own. Definitely. And often yours get deflected for theirs. And, um, but to be a strong person for others, you have to be a strong person for yourself. And that's, that's a trap. I mean, not just tradies fall into, but all, but, and the other, um, I guess, really big thing that we've discussed that, that is also relevant for, for, for pretty much all businesses that there is a big difference between being a, 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 like a expert in your product or service and being a business person. And, you know, you might, you might want to be the business person or you might not want to be the business person. You might want to stay the service expert, but if that's the case, you need to hire someone that, to, you know, to be the business side of the business. And if you do want to be the business person, and you are training that, well, you need to, you need to get some mentors, surround yourself with other business people. You need to, um, uh, hire an expert or, or upgrade an expert or sorry, promote, upgrade, promote, uh, someone in the business that, that, you know, that could fill the role you're currently playing so that you can move into the, into the business role. But, but the, the big less, I mean, the big, I guess, topic is, is there is a difference between being a business person and being a, a product or service expert. Yeah, they need to elevate themselves from like being this technician on the tools and when you start a business, you actually, they, they've been doing it by themselves at this early phase, startup phase, they've been alone and then they have to learn as they employ people because the only time you can say take a holiday, for instance, is if you have a team. So <laughs> you have no choice but to learn to manage others but you actually have to become the leader um, and and that's a tricky transition. So there's there, there and it's are a learning curve. layers. Like it's a learning curve too. It oh, takes time. Huge. Like it just happens over time. If I compared myself now to how I was even just, I mean, from the starter cut, but even every year since then, I was a big flop at the starter cup. Like if I was to compare the two, like it, I couldn't be where I am now if I had stayed that way. 
you know, it is you for the business to get better, you actually have to get better. Correct. If you don't get better, the business isn't moving anywhere. Correct. And, and most of those skills um, uh, 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 outside of the uh, st- strategy and decision-making, which obviously plays a huge role, um, whether it be business models or anything like that, but but outside of those, most of the skill is dealing with people, whether it be clients, team members, attracting team members, keeping team members, getting team members to do what you need and make it aligned with their needs. You know, it, it's very and, – and that's hard to teach. It's almost like a you need to let someone experience and then they need to have someone to call. They need to have – I was very lucky. I had a lot of mentors and I have a lot – Cub is a giant mentor for me. So, you know, when, when you're experiencing and also you're speaking to people and sharing what you're experiencing as a sounding board, you then get – you just become a better person and because Definitely. you become a better person, you get become a – or a better business person, I should say. Um, you you get a better business, and and I guess that, that's it. That's exactly what you guys are facilitating for the trade. That's right. Trade. So we I, don't teach them it. what to do, being on the tools. They know that, and they're exceptional at it. And but where they fail is platform, you know, technology pieces, strategy, looking at the future, systems. Are really bad at systems. So it's like platform, profit, marketing, and people. So I could pretty much say we teach them everything else other than being a tra- being a tradie on the tools because they've got to elevate themselves yeah. through these different phases because ultimately we just want them to reach this position whereby they have freedom of choice and freedom of choice for them in in our mind and even in their own minds is if i want to be on the tools i can if i want to get myself off the tools and manage from above i can i can um, earn money from this company passively if I want, or I could sell this business if I want. And what's cool about that is they can also then ensure that this asset, a business is an asset, when you can get to a point whereby you are truthfully making profit from the business all the time, again, another problem with trade, they talk about turnover, they're proud about this turnover number. It's like, stop talking about turnover and let's just talk about profit. Then when you're when you're so perfect at that, now we can actually start having these conversations around and what are you doing now from a wealth creation perspective? What are you doing for yourself long-term, your family, your community? Like what are you doing to ensure that you're not just pissing your money up against a wall and buying a boat and a jet ski because that's what tradies do, right? Like they <laughs> Love a jet ski. I know. So, And I'm fine that you go have fun, right? You've earned it. But let's just get a little bit clever with your money. Um, no, I think and I love I think that even what's been really cool for Andy and I is the fact that We've lived and breathed every phase of this. We've taught, um, we've even helped people sell their businesses before we sold ours. But it was important for Andy and I to have truthfully gone through the process ourselves. So I love the fact that Dr. Drip ended up getting sold after 21 years. So we sold it last year. And now hand on heart, we can go, we've done it. Yes, your experience might be a little bit different to ours, um, but we can coach you through you know, even that process, if that's what you want. And that's what's cool. You have and, choice. And regardless, I mean, you've you had a business 21 years and now you've had a business for 14 years. They, just, that's a huge amount of time to have a business. If a business survives that long, you've learned some lessons. Plenty. Uh, before we wrap up, um, we did find you at the, when we, we sponsored the Small Business Champion Awards yeah, last year. And you guys won. We did. Congratulations. Thank you. So, so um, yeah, well, our member is actually uh, the people that own those awards and, and run them and he's a fantastic guy. So Steve um, Lowy is awesome. He's the man, yeah. Steve <laughs> Lowy. Um, 
a great friend of mine. So shout out to shout out to Stephen. Shout out to the the champion, the Small Business Champion Awards, and congratulations for winning. Um, uh, to our amazing listeners, if you want to if you want to find out more or get in contact with Angela, uh, you can go to hub.club forward slash podcast and you can find contact details there and more information, including greatest lessons, favorite book recommendations, and find out more about lifestyle trading, which sounds awesome. And if you want to catch up with Cub on social, it's at Club United Business. On Instagram, it's equally as awesome. Angela, thank you so much again for coming in. It was uh, it was fun to actually talk to someone that also has a community. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Daniel. This has been really fun. Awesome. Hope you enjoy the show.